This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Greetings, and good evening, and Happy New Year. This is Rev. Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families, which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Today's reading is from the Daily Office and is John chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. Now, let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to John. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The next day the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not gotten into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. But some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening, and have a happy, joy-filled meaningful and successful new year. But let's be careful what we wish for. You know, one takeaway from today's reading, success can be a funny thing. In a predictable response to his preaching, teaching, generous and compassionate feeding, 
and very effective healing of thousands of people gathered before him, a seemingly desperate crowd morphs into a mob, a frenzied mob. Have you ever been in a mob situation? A mob transforms into an unpredictable, out-of-control, creaturely thing with a personality of its own. Today's mob is determined to make Jesus king, a sovereign of this world, not as their Messiah, but a political king. Perhaps well-intended, but you know what they say about the path to hell. Now, to look on this positively, the people's misdirected actions are perhaps out of a sense of gratitude, do you think? Uh, I don't know, maybe not. Then again, maybe the unruly crowd is unhappy with the status quo and impatient for wanting a change in the government, an overthrow of Rome even. They try to make Jesus king by force, we are told. But Jesus' wants and likes are not the same as the crowd's. Jesus' fulfillment of destiny and desire for them and for us has nothing at all to do with empire or power politics, running for office, or even concerned in, with, or who is running for office, or who wants to be emperor, or what is going on with the justice system. Our courts, for example, including SCOTUS. Anyway, the point being, Jesus' authority is not of this world, transcends this world, in fact. His reign in this world is contrary to their expectations, and to ours as well, it would seem. Unlike conventional political leadership, then or now, Jesus' reign is rooted in love and all that goes with it, grace, mercy, justice, peace, and truth, you know, completely opposed to things that are ingrained in us, such as settling of scores, dislike or even hatred, operating on a profit motive, aggression and violence and lies. When it comes to things like border issues and the myriad of other social stuff, it has to be understood from the aspect of love, you know, Grace, mercy, justice, peace, and harmony. So Jesus flatly rejects their ambitions for him, withdrawing, retreating, escaping even to the mountain to be by himself, to be by himself, to get away from that mob. We might ask ourselves, in what ways can we be a mob? In the meantime... His disciples have sailed for Capernaum on the western side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus waits for nightfall to catch them up by walking to them by the shortest straight-line path, which happens to be, of course, on the water. Now, as an aside, being an engineer by training, my lack of understanding of this miracle, not getting the physics of it, or rather the suspension of physics, does not really matter. <laughs> And I think that's a good thing for me, 
because what the Apostle John is presenting to us is that Jesus and his message is greater than any political ruler we have ever known, greater than any natural law either, such as survival of the fittest. Jesus' reign is such that he is actually in tune with and inherently part of creation, of nature itself, transcending those laws that govern us. You could say it is a sign, a symbol, a signal of another existence, or, you know, maybe it's a window. You know, maybe like a James Webb or Hubble telescope reaching into the creation, reaching into space and time. Now, as Jesus comes to the disciples who are about three or four miles out now, he just hops into the boat and calms the storm. And when their fears are assuaged, they suddenly arrive at destination Capernaum. Now, do you think that there is a connection there between being afraid or not and getting where one needs or wants to go by letting go of fear? Anyway, guess what? After all of this, the crowd follows them in their boats. They show up clamoring for more free food, more bread, more please. But a frustrated Jesus knows the score and says to them, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. They are overly focused on their physicality to the detriment of their spirituality. I wonder what they thought of that. Jesus is there and our spiritual food, bread, their sustenance, their soul food. And to make that point, Jesus continues, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. In doing this, Jesus is making a direct and obvious reference to the Exodus experience described in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, which goes like this. God humbled you by letting you go hungry and then by feeding you with manna, with which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted, in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And remember, very importantly, the manna only lasted a day at a time. The bread Jesus miraculously gave the people on the eastern shore and the daily ration of manna from heaven given to the people as they wandered in the wilderness have this in common. They're temporary. They are both perishable. Their fulfillment of human need is temporal and transient. In contrast, Jesus and his message of love is permanent, transcends the temporal, fulfilling an even more needful and basic hunger, that of a life truly fulfilled, of eternal life even, yes, and the only authentic way to give life is listening to Jesus and living in love and sacrificial love. Love God and love one another. And in our spiritual pilgrimages in the wilderness of this life, 
and in all of our traveling, we need periodic refreshment to be refueled by each other and by the other. Later in his gospel book, John says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. I like the way Frederick Beekner puts things. Beekner makes a distinction between literal and spiritual bread by saying this, quote, We don't live by bread alone, but we also don't live long without it. To eat is to acknowledge our dependence, both on food and on each other. It also reminds us of other kinds of emptiness that not even the blue plate special can touch. End quote. Happy New Year. Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light to revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now the collect for the first Sunday after Christmas. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us now take some time pausing our worship together, if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession thanksgiving and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, and in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. Let us now pray the colic for the human family, which can be found on page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations, all peoples of the earth, the one human family may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
Amen. And now let us pray the Collect for Social Order and Social Justice, which can be found on page 823. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now, let us pray together the concluding collect, which is on page 139. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now in this time of God's arrival, go into the world in peace, hope, and joy to seek and serve God, being and doing God's grace, mercy, and justice. Do everything in love.